Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Meg and Rachel. Every week we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. This is True Horrors. All right. Let's get it going. Um, we are ready. And... Oh man, without that, without recording the intro each time, we are just lost. We are. Okay, so just to give you guys some background, we have been the first six episodes recording live the intro. And then last time we were like, maybe we should just have a recording of the intro and just edit it in every time. And we were like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Except now we're starting cold. Yeah. And so it's like... It's like we weren't prepared. It's like someone put us in a room and gave us a mic and we have no idea what's about to happen. Uh, just so you know, that's how every day all the time is for me. I am just never prepared for anything. <laughs> Rachel just constantly, constantly feels like she's just like walking into an entirely different room <laughs> that like, like just walking onto the stage. Yep, all the time. Um, I'm really excited because uh, yes. we did scream this week and i'm gonna have to give you guys a little little bit of an intro before we go into this scream is a part the beginning of my favorite horror franchise of all time um i will literally defend to the to like tooth and nail that the scream franchise those four movies is the um most well-balanced horror franchise of all time what do i mean by that well (laughs) Just to call ahead a little bit, even the joke that Wes Craven himself puts in this movie is that the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies weren't good after the first one. Mm-hmm. I would say the super meta pre-Scream one he did was pretty good. And I that say some people who owns all of them. Like, I mean, I'll tell Ugh. you that they aren't all, but I own them all. Um, but I think that when it comes to the four Scream movies... The consistency in what they're trying to say in the mythology. Mm -hmm. Um, And and by that, I know we learn new things throughout the movies, but I mean, like one of them doesn't have magic powers or anything. Um, And the fact, yes. And the fact that the characters stay consistently to who they are and their Mm -hmm. relationships. Like, that's why I enjoy watching them going forward. Obviously, you know, the first one is up there and, you know, there's obviously a quality drop, uh, quality drop when you go forward. But, I would say that all of the Scream movies are better than a lot of franchises, first or second attempts even. Like, I love them. I love all these characters. The OG3, um, who are, of course, Dewey, Gale, and Sydney, mm-hmm. are three of my favorite horror archetypes, horror characters, just badasses. So I was really excited to do this one. I was wasn't sure when I wanted to come bring it out, but I've been talking to some people about the podcast and they were talking about like how much I love scream and how much people like scream. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. Um, I don't think we can start anywhere, but the very beginning, Rachel, which is (laughs) one of the most iconic openings. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about what a mind fuck that had to be like, cause I saw this, it's probably the first good horror movie I ever saw. So like I was pretty young. I didn't really know who Drew Barrymore was. 
But if I were to go into this right now, I'd be like, there's no way this bitch is dying. Like. Also, they advertised her. If you watch mm-hmm. the trailer or look at the poster, you would have no idea. They did that intentionally. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore was originally to play Sydney's role. And then mm-hmm. she chose to play this other role because she thought it was more of a mind fuck. And I just think that that opening sequence so really sets you up for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that what a lot of people have problems with in this movie is the meta factor. Whereas I think that's what makes it great. Like, right. I think if you love horror watching something like this and be able to feel that sense of like realism, cause mm-hmm. I have a problem sometimes when I watch horror movies and they do stuff or they talk about stuff. And I'm like, that's like Halloween mm-hmm. or that's like uh, nightmare on Elm street. And they act like those things don't exist. Yes. Why? It was like that uh, that crazy dinosaur movie that we watched, and we were like, Jurassic Park clearly doesn't exist in this world, does it? Like, yes, yes, no, that's perfect. That's exactly what it's like. It's like we're watching it, and they're like making dinosaurs, and no one's like, <laughs> "Hey, there's a whole book and movie series about why this isn't a good idea." <laughs> Although I think our theory was that they just like literally couldn't afford to say it. So true. <laughs> What was the name of that movie? Do you remember? That I movie? don't know. I wondered if you remembered and just mm. wasn't saying it. No, nope. I'll make up. I'll make up some titles. It cool. was called um, Dino Universe. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a children's show. It was called Jurassic Perk. Um, <laughs> it was called uh, the Pterodactyl Ter- Pterodactyl Taylor. <laughs> I would watch that, by the way. <laughs> Finish my joke for me, Rachel. Pterodactyl terror. There we go. <laughs> this is somebody who named a podcast True Horrors without realizing how horrible that is to say <laughs> over and over again. Like, sometimes I just don't. Um, I, I have to just overall say I wrote down every single other horror movie reference. Oh, good. So different- I, at one point I thought I should have done that, but... I'm a lazy bitch, and I didn't. That's why there's two of us. Yeah. Like, we, cu- we we always end up doing that. Like, I'm like, I didn't do that, and you're like, I did. Well, <laughs> Halloween, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Town That Dreaded Sunset, um, The Third, uh, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. I'm, like, having trouble reading my own handwriting. Psycho, Basic Instinct, and there was one more. Oh, Spit on Your Grave, and of course, um, Friday the 13th. We also see a shot of Frankenstein. Yes, which I thought was so cool for this podcast. Yeah. I was like, oh, we watched that. We did. Like, that's really cool. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, also, the joke that he makes, that after the first one, all of them sucked. I was it's like, true. this is why I love him. Mm-hmm. That it's such a good in-reference. Um Okay, there are two things this movie teaches us that we can impart upon anyone listening. Mm -hmm. Never stop running. Yes. And trust your instincts. Yes. I would say... Oh, keep going. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think a big part of this movie is that we're taught, especially like teenage girls, not to trust that. Mm -hmm. Sydney knew something was wrong with that guy, no matter how perfect he seemed. And... uh, you know, just trust those instincts. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about like, oh, he's so nice and you're breaking his little baby heart. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I feel like, what got her stuck in that point of like apologizing to him for having yes. intimacy issues over her mother's brutal rape and murder. Like, unsubscribe. 
not oh, so hard. I was going to say the lesson that I learned was if you get the upper hand when you're being attacked, you just do not stop beating. Mm. Like, don't Never try stop. to run away. You just, you make sure they are dead before you leave. I feel like Halloween teaches us that too. Yes, That for she, sure. she was always turning which we'll discuss next week, but she yes. was always Spoiler turning alert. her back. Spoiler. I was wondering that because I definitely watched Halloween before I watched this when I was rewatching them. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of Halloween references that I picked up. And my biggest one is that um, in the very beginning, uh, Casey's parents, mm-hmm. the dad tells the mom, go run down to the Mackenzie's. That's the name of the family mm-hmm. that Lori tells the kids to run to. You know, I thought I watched that was them so smart. In the opposite order, and I remember hearing that because I watched them the same night. But by the time I got to Halloween, I was starting to get kind of tired. So like it it registered, but I didn't actually connect the two. But I tried to write down any of the references. Like there are some of the obvious ones, like the janitor who's dressed like Freddy. Mm-hmm. But I tried to write down any of like the little horror references that I felt um, like were in there, and that was a good one. Billy's last name is Loomis, which yes. is the name of the doctor in Psycho and Halloween. So, which I wrote down like that's cute, but it kind of threatens the fabric of the universe. And then I watched Halloween, and one of the actresses' last names is Loomis. So maybe this just is a common last name. I have literally <laughs> never heard of Loomis outside of the Halloween franchise. So um, maybe I'm just you, an idiot. Why did you think it threatened the fabric of the universe? Because they keep referencing Halloween, but his name, like, you know, like it's like a this thing exists in like the movie exists in the universe, but at the same time it doesn't. But I don't know. Maybe it's just a common last name that I've never yeah, heard. Because they watch Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like they know Halloween exists. I think mm-hmm. it would probably be like if somebody's last name was like Carpenter. Right. Or something like and you were just like. Which that's something that she says also, doesn't she? At yes. one point. So it's a West Wes Carpenter. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. That, it was weird. Um, but um, but also to go back to um, of course that that horrible Billy, how he is my personal nemesis. I wrote down a few things um, about I, actually what I wrote is this motherfucker is my personal villain. And I'm so glad I'm so glad he dies um, because one of the first things he does is he's like he outlines what they're going to do. And then immediately tries to go for more. He's like, all right, first, second base, immediately goes for third. And then is mad when she's like, no. Like, that's not what you agreed to. And then he's like, hey, I'm not trying to pressure you. Immediately after he tries to pressure her by guilting her and then lying to her. Um, And then, yes, he's like, you just, you haven't been the same since your mother died. Well, bitch, no wonder. Like, of course she hasn't been the same since her mother was raped and murdered. What the hell? I hate him. And he just looks like a killer. Can we just talk about that? Like, I don't know what it, maybe it's just because I saw this movie when I was so young, but I look at him and I am immediately creeped out. Is he the dad in Riverdale? Is that a joke? No, he totally is. Is a joke? No, he is. He grows into his face more. Like, he's not as creepy as an adult. But, like, just in this movie, I look at him and I am immediately creeped out. Um, 
all those things. I also watched this movie very young. Like, I don't remember watching this movie for the first time. And I wonder if it has something to do with, like, in the back of my mind. Like, I'm like, this is the, like, this is something that happens. Like, he has sex with her and then is like, I killed your mother. Yes. It's like, wow. Talk about, like, you know, this this is what they should show in schools instead <laughs> of, like, if they're trying to get abstinence. Because I would just have been so freaked out. It's like... <laughs> You know, maybe he'll never call you again, but it's also, it could turn out he killed your mother. Like, it's oh my God. It's just like, it's crazy. Also, totally different direction. But no one in this town has screens on their windows. Is that normal? I did not notice that, but you are right. I mean, about 50% of the windows in my apartment don't have screens. But, no, it's weird. I've never been like in a place that intentionally didn't have screens it's always like oh the screen's broken or whatever Mm -hmm. but I thought that was really odd I was but it's the same way in other horror movies we watch yeah that those windows don't have screens in them um they must not live in places with bugs that's my thought more than anything else is that like so many people have their window open and I'm like how many bugs are getting in I mean yes a serial murderer and a rapist (laughs) also is getting in but definitely more bugs you got to worry about that way more than you have to worry about serial killers this episode was sponsored by screens and those who make (laughs) screens get them to keep bugs and serial killers out of your apartment screens like windows but that let air in see that's a good advertisement and PSA Oh, no, wait, here's my PSA. Okay. You have to worry about bugs more than you have to worry about serial killers. There are way more bugs than serial killers. The more you know. There we go. There we go. The more you know music. Um, Why did the principal touch her face? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know when that happened. I was just like, I don't think any of my principals ever touched me. Uh, No, because by the time we were in school, it was starting to the point where teachers and administrators aren't allowed to touch kids like like at this point they're not allowed to touch them at all um but yeah real weird um this movie is also incredible to watch when you know the truth like mm-hmm. it's there's some horror movies that i feel like if you know the twist maybe we talked about that with psycho that mm-hmm. it kind of can take away from it but i felt like this is even more fun to watch when you know right. like you're just like wow you're the worst people. Like, you're worst, such worst psychos. Mm-hmm. Um, what does everyone in this town do for a living? Because what the fuck is up with all their houses? <laughs> I wrote that down. I said I wanted to know what the median income was in this fucking town. <laughs> they are insane. Sydney is an only child. Why do they need such a big house? It's so crazy. Also, just a call-ahead thing. But who the fuck designed Stu's house it was like designed by that Winchester woman who made all those doors well and I also want to know when that was because like we also see those like pocket doors that were really popular like I don't know like around the in houses built around that time um because it seems like because when I was a kid I know I had a friend who's like the bathroom had pocket doors on each side so that you could circle all the way around the upstairs Mm-hmm. I think that might have been a thing at one point. I don't know why, but I guess you always have an exit point. 
There were doors everywhere so in that many goddamn doors. house. And then yes. when they did a faraway shot at the end when Gail was reporting, I was like, look at this goddamn house. Yes. Like, not as much as Sydney's, where I was really like, what is this house? But, oh, I guess I can just, oh, do you have more on houses? I was just going to say every house had too many doors. Because I wrote yes. in all caps, too many doors after the first scene. She had, they had way too many exterior doors. And I did not windows. like that. And windows. Like, yeah, the big windows were really, yeah, really big at that time as well, which, mm-mm. No. And no but blinds. Nobody has any fucking yes, blinds. That's what I and was And their, their curtains, are, like, they have curtains, but they're all open. Like, oh, God, I'm stressed out. I have literally opened my blinds to this apartment. I've lived here almost two years. Once? Like, I, you can see right into my apartment. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. No. Like, don't look at me. Don't, don't ever look, look at, at me. me. Ever. <laughs> that just goes out to everybody, and it's from both of us. Don't look <laughs> at me, ever. <laughs> um, but I was just going to say, you know, since I mentioned Gail, this is my personal thing, because Gail is probably one of my favorite horror characters mm-hmm. of all time. I love her. And what this movie reminded me of is um, Into the Woods when the witch sings about how, like, I'm not good, I'm not nice, I'm just right. I'm like, she is right. Cotton Uh was innocent. Mm -hmm. Like, just because maybe her motives weren't pure, like, that she also wanted to be famous and get a Pulitzer and stuff, like, she was right. She was right. She was right. And, like, I also love watching this because I'm like, haha, you think you're just, like, seducing the little deputy, but you're going to fall in love with him. And you're going <laughs> to fucking marry him and move to this goddamn town and be his wife. You love him. Because he's a genuinely good man. Like, he is a, a little jumpy to be a police officer, though. He is always waving that gun around and he always has his finger on the trigger. I was very stressed out. It's um, like if I became a cop. Like, there's a reason I'm not going to be a cop. I'm a pretty jumpy person. I am not cut out for law enforcement. Yeah, he gets more of, like, a, a steel back, yeah. no pun intended, after, <laughs> as the movies go on. That's right. also something, again, not to call ahead too much to future movies, but they give him a limp yeah. moving forward. Like, he has, like, from being basically stabbed in the spine. Right. But I love them. And I love them so much that I don't even give a damn how cheesy it is when she's like, is that what you're looking for? And he says, my whole life. I'm like, (laughs) I love them. I am so like, they're one of my favorite OTPs as far as horror goes. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm like, yep, you know what he has. And you think, you think you know what's going on, Gail. You have no idea. Because like the fact that they kiss, I think she was charmed. I, I would say the moment that they kissed and then he was like, I can't because I'm on duty. Yeah. Like, but he's just so noble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, sweet baby, your sister is dead. Like, yeah, also, his sister is so mean to him. <laughs> I'm like, that's got to be hard. <laughs> to be like, a deputy and have your sister constantly taking you down three pegs. Like, You've got big brothers. Was that the kind of little sister you were? It's, it's more how I am now. I wasn't really like that in high school. But because my older brother and I are so far removed in age that it's never been like that between us. Um, But she's probably like, you know what? You're too jumpy, Dewey. Yeah, for real. Um, Her outfits were also incredible. Just incredible 90s. Loved everything about it. Um, 
I loved that the officer said to Billy Loomis, what are you doing with a cellular telephone? Yes. You you don't need to know what year something takes place. You just need to hear them say cellular telephone and you're like, oh, okay. I actually wrote down that I love that this takes place in a time where owning a cell phone makes you a suspect. Like, what the fuck is up with you? You've got a cell phone. Like, get out of well, here. Like, what is he? Like, a 90s drug dealer? Like, why does, why would <laughs> why he, does he have a cell phone? Like, no one else has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, maybe it's because his dad is the rich person in town, which if that's true, what does his house look like? Oh, God. Um, also, none of their parents are ever around, which mm-hmm. makes me think they all work and are traveling and things like that. Um, what did I write that I thought was so funny? Um, I just, cause, no, because whatever I thought, I just wrote, I just bracketed it with LOL. Just like both times. I was just like, this is funny at the beginning and the end. Oh, it was the fact that she thinks she's seducing him, but she's really falling in love with him. And I was like, you have no idea. I love that in movies and shows. Yes. You know that. I love watching them in, you know, old episodes and being like, you have no idea what's about to happen to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, those Definitely horrible girls in the bathroom. Yeah. Those horrible girls in the bathroom. That's how people talk. Like, not to pull references, but in my hometown, there was a girl missing and um, she was found just this week. Mm -hmm. And I knew people who knew her on Facebook and things like that. And people would comment, not anyone I knew, Mm -hmm. but speculating on basically stuff like that, like saying stuff like that. And I'm like, that's the way people act. Like, for some reason, um, people being victims of the kind of trauma that Sydney was, it brings these people out to say things that have no context, like no real evidence for, mm-hmm. but being like, I think she made it up or I think she did this or I think, and like, it's really staggering just like the lack of empathy that yeah. I felt like that that's so real and was such a real moment. Yes. Well, and it's because like you want to believe that that would never happen to you. Um, and it's, it's the same reason that people go back to the, like, you know, what was she wearing? Or you should have had your keys between your fingers or something like that. Like, because if you made a mistake, I won't make that mistake. And therefore, this will never happen to me. Um, because it's really hard to cope with the reality that we don't live in a just world. Sometimes random shit happens. Sometimes you get attacked. Mm-hmm. Like, and that sucks. And that's why I'm terrified all the time. <laughs> for real oh yes for real though Mm -hmm. um my favorite line of anything is fuck you both and when she locks them both out i'm like me yes like perfect makes so many smart decisions in this movie um a lot of the characters do though Mm -hmm. like that's what i think i like about it too is that there's a lot of like you can nitpick them Mm-hmm. But, like, there isn't a lot of really stupid things that get done. It's more like they don't know what we know. So right. it seems stupid. But, no, when she was just like, nope, to hell with you both. Like, we're yeah. just going to. Like, I was like, good. This is the exact right choice. Um, um, when she also, runner up is when she calls him a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, she just gave zero fucks, and I really appreciated that. I, I just appreciate that say, through all of that. Yes. My favorite line is, I'm sorry that my traumatized life is an inconvenience to your perfect existence. <laughs> Followed quickly by, Billy and his penis don't deserve you. Those are just iconic. 
I think we've both really showed our brand by the two <laughs> ones we picked. Yeah, that's real. Uh, but yeah, no, when she's like, you got to find me first, you pansy ass mama's boy. I'm like, yes. Um, the only other thing I wrote down is when my sister and I were young, we used to watch this show called Rescue 911. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like what it sounds. It, it followed 911 people, mm-hmm. ambulance driving people. And it was the kind of show where no one ever died. Like, they always got you. So, like, it was mm-hmm. that kind. But there was an episode, and this was pre-censors on garage doors. Just like I'm guessing what this movie takes place. Like, nowadays, a lot of times you have censors, so the garage yeah, door detects it wouldn't something. Do that. It wouldn't do that. But it makes me think of the episode of Rescue 911 because it came down and crushed a child. Oh, God. And, like, a little bitty child. And... She lives because it's Rescue 911. But right. I always think about that where I'm like, yeah, we that we stopped having that be a thing by creating sensors that would mm-hmm. not let it operate. Um, but yeah, not a not a great way to die. But she fought too, like they all did. Yeah, um, she did great. They all did great. They were just, you know, um, and that's why I say you got to make sure they're dead because she's like, ah, oh, he's down. I can get away. No, make sure they're dead. And then get away. Mm-hmm. Like. But I get it. Like. I'm. I get it. Also, I just have a couple of other comments. Do it. Um, One is. The timing of the curfew is weird to me. Because we know it gets dark at 730. Why do they have a nine o'clock curfew? And they have a nine o'clock curfew. But all those stores seem to be closing at 430 in the afternoon. <laughs> Like, so I just, I just have questions about that. Um, Yeah, I I would also have questions because it seems like there's the curfew, but like, no one seems to care because when they find out the principal is dead, which is mm -hmm. well past because we know that just a couple minutes, you know, within the hour, Billy Loomis and them reveal themselves and say it's after midnight and they were just driving around. So like. What what exactly is the law enforcement of this town? Dude. Dude. What else? Um, so, here's the thing. Having sex in someone else's bed is one thing. I draw the line at using their hairbrush. Sydney, put that hairbrush down. That is not okay. You can change the sheets. It's harder to clean a hairbrush. We found the line for Rachel. This is also a That's reference. That's one of the lines. We have many also, lines. Also a reference to a long extended conversation Rachel and I have had over the years over the fact that I have a real hard problem with the idea of people having sex in other people's beds. I don't even oh, yeah. care. I don't I'm like that either. Do it. I don't like that either. But I was like, you know what? I knew that was going to happen. But the hairbrush, that just really broke me this time around. I, I did not like that at all. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, so we've, we've talked about these fucking houses, but also Stu's parents own a boat because Sydney falls onto it. And then she runs to the fence and is able to, even though she is injured, just rip it apart. They need to prioritize the way they spend their money. That boat is not as important as making sure your fence is not broken. I would, I would agree with that, except for 
one comment, which is that they say, Gail says at the end it's an old farmhouse. So I wonder if that fence is from back when it was an actual farm. And so they're not actually trying to keep, like, I thought it looked dilapidated. Dilapidated. So I thought maybe it, so I thought maybe it was from when it used to be a farm and keep animals in and they were just like to hell with it. They should still get rid of it because that could be dangerous. Um, But where does this, where is Woodsville supposed to, Woodsville? Where is, I don't know. Because I thought, thought I'm going to start a town and name it Woodsville. (laughs) It is going to be in the desert. Just so you know. I thought it was in Illinois. Am I wrong? I have no idea. No, I'm just I, wondering why they have a boat. Because we never see water. Like, how far? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that big. You think you would keep it at the dock or something. But maybe they're going up north. I mean, now that I do say that, in Wisconsin, there are people who own boats. And then they take their boats up to, like, the lake. And things like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. something people do. So I, I, I do retract that comment. But your well, son's still a murderer. Like- yeah, because it's not a yacht. It's a pretty small boat. So yeah. it's probably easier to store. Like, I don't I don't know anything about boats. I'm landlocked. I have a river. Like, I just know that quote where uh, I, I, a friend of mine were talking about. There's some quote where it's like a cocaine addiction is God's way of telling you you have too much money. And he, <laughs> and he made the joke. A boat is God's way. Owning a boat is God's way of telling you you have too much money That's because fair. of how expensive and money draining boats are. Mm-hmm. This That's fair, but I also was not brought to you by boats. Uh, I disagree. I've always wanted a friend with a boat, but you don't want to own it. God, no, I don't want to own the boat. Okay, then, <laughs> then you don't disagree. Well, I still want to be friends with someone who has too much money. Any other notes? Um, nope. My only other last note is that I want Tatum's car. Yes. Well, I always used to want um, a Volkswagen Beetle, but now I have a Greyhound, so I don't think I should get one. Are they not good for Greyhounds? It's a coupe, and they're small. So, like, I think I need a slightly larger car. I still really want a Volkswagen. I have no dogs, and I think they're so cute. They're super cute. I mean, I don't want to ever own a car, but if I'm, for whatever reason, forced to own a car, it'll be a bug. Good job. Um, all right. Let's all right. do this. Wait, we got to do Would We Survive? Oh, shit. Right. What's would our scale survive? again? No, I got it this okay, time. Okay, good. I got it on lock. Good. Um, 10 means, oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, you know what? We're just going to say... 10 means that you would survive and one means you would die. Okay. So now I have a a question. Is this the teenage version of me since they're all teenagers? So like, but not me like transformed into a teenager. No. Mm, This is 17 year old Rachel. Oh, fuck. And you have to think you're friends with them. You can't be like, so this is your group Mm -hmm. of friends. Right. I don't know, man. Because I was um, not super great at following the rules when I was 17. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I was very good at following the rules yeah. when I was 17, if we're bringing it back to that age. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I don't really know because 
I do think at 17, I probably wouldn't have gone to the party. Yeah. Like, I... I definitely would have gone to the party. And so that's probably why, like, if they'd caught me, like, I don't think I would have done better at 17 than Casey did. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I would have done better than she did. But everyone else was basically killed at the party, except the principal. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have been, if we were had a situation in town, I would not have gone to the party. I would have been home with my parents. So, like, in that way, I would mm-hmm. probably say I literally just forgot what the scale was. I think <laughs> One is die, ten is live. Then I would probably say, like, an, an eight, nine-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Casey was targeted because her and her boyfriend were, like, super popular. Even if I was in that friend group, I wouldn't have been, like, I would have been more like Tatum. Well, also, she's um, Stu's ex. Right, right. So he had a little bit of an axe to grind. He had a little bit. And she did dump him for Steve, even mm-hmm. though he lied and said, yeah, okay, yes. Um, okay, so I would also, probably say nine. I just want to make it clear, I would not have been friends with these people. Um, Stu is an idiot. But but you I did prob- have a group of friends that did things. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I like jumped around between friend groups, and some of them did, some of them didn't. Um, but yeah, I probably would have gone to the party, because I didn't get invited to a ton of parties. So I wanted to go when they happened. Um... Okay, so two questions to help you determine. Okay. Knowing everything that was going on, would 17-year-old Rachie have wandered off alone? No. Would you have left the party to go see the principal hanging? Hell no, I do not want to see dead people. So you probably would have stuck around with Stu, or with, no, not Stu, Randy to see the end of the movie. Yeah. But actually, no one died after that point, except Mm -hmm. the killers. Right. So... Somewhere in the middle for you? Somewhere, I was going to say maybe a a solid five. Solid five. I appreciate that. Appreciate that honesty. Yeah. Um, Ready to hear a story? Oh, yeah. It's a bummer. (laughs) She's already giving you guys spoilers for my own story. (laughs) Um, Well, because this isn't, I mean, this is not the first time I've heard this. No, but it's not as much of a bummer. Also, I don't know if we've ever said this because I've stopped being able to remember everything on these podcasts already. I don't know how people who go into like the 50s or above remember anything they've ever said. (laughs) Um, But these are meant to be like a little bit of a taste. Like you talk Mm -hmm. about the movie and then we talk about the inspiration. But as far as like more of a deep dive, there are so many great documentaries, so many great podcasts, so many great books mm-hmm. about a lot of these killers, but we are in no way intending to be exhaustive. Oh, We're God, in no. no way. Like, it's just, let's talk about this movie and let's kind of get a taste of what the inspiration was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to say that, especially for this one, because I know I've seen documentaries and heard podcasts that have just done a lot of justice to what I'm about to talk about, which, mm-hmm. um, if you have a little bit of that kind of background, you know, is the Gainesville Ripper. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just wanted to to say that part of it, which I'm not sure if we ever have before, but I would think you would kind of know, like if you're looking for more like extensive true crime, great podcasts out there for that. Um, We're more focused on the movie. Oh, for sure. But we're going to do, I'm going to try to do this a little bit cinematically since a lot of people probably do know it. So it's August 24th. 1990. I am not born yet. Nope. I am. My mother is pregnant with me as I am born in 1990. 
August. Rachel's doing math to see if she's been conceived. Uh, yeah, yeah, but my mom might not know she's pregnant yet. Oh wow! So we've yeah. got Mama Rachel out there not knowing that she's that she's <laughs> pregnant, and we've got my mom out there just like being, ready to pop. Yeah, being being seven months pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. um, just adding that there. Um, so it's August twenty fourth, nineteen ninety, and a man enters the apartment of college students. Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. They are 18 and 17 respectively. And he sees that Powell is asleep on the couch and he stands over her and then decides to go upstairs uh, where Sonia is. He attacks her and he stabs her and she fights, Mm -hmm. um, but he kills her. And I'm not sure if at this point he poses the body. I believe he, at this point, is when he goes down. He duct tapes. Um, he duct tapes her mouth. This is Powell's mouth. Mm-hmm. And when she wakes up, he ties her hands behind her back. He rapes her. And then he makes her lay face down the floor and he stabs her in the back. Both oh. bodies are posed. Uh, Can we talk about how awful it is when they pose bodies? We're just getting to the the tip of the iceberg of how awful <laughs> his body posing is. But yeah. Just like in general, please don't do that. It's, it's both. It, I think we talked about this in one of yours that the like you're trying, like you're horrifying the people who you know are going to find them. Like it's mm-hmm. an extra level of horror. It's an extra mm-hmm. level of just being an awful human being. Yes. Like beyond even just the rape and murder and mutilation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does. This guy does that. And then on August 25th, this is just the next day, he attacks 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. He broke into her apartment by using a screwdriver through, he jimmied open the sliding door. I hate sliding doors. My father's biggest fear in life, I felt like, was that somebody was going to come through. We had sliding doors in my childhood home, and we had sliding doors in um, the apartment my parents downsized to. Mm -hmm. Um, He was always like, make sure that thing is in the door, you know, to make sure you can't pull it open. Um, and she's not there. He had been spying on her through the window and she's not Mm -hmm. there. So he waits for her till she comes home at 11 PM and then he get, comes up behind her and chokes her. And then it's the same routine. He cuts off her clothes. He ties her, he rapes her and stabs her. Um, and then she's posed, she's posed sitting on her bed. He decapitates her, puts her head on the shelf facing her body cuts her from cuts her down her chest all the way to the pubic bone and cuts off her nipples and puts them beside her. Um, I, there's nothing to say to that. No, there isn't. There isn't. I'm just going to trans transfer into the parents of, um, his two first victims. They're Mm -hmm. the ones who alert people because they haven't been calling them back and they know something's wrong. Okay. Um, so, by this time, people start figuring it out that something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but on August 27th, so this is all in a three to four day span, he mm-hmm. breaks into the apartment of roommates, uh, Manuel, and I'm so sorry about this, but Tabadoa. Do not think that's right. And Chasey Pauls. So you can see why I was like, they're both 23. Um, mm-hmm. 
he breaks in and he ends up being the only man in this spree that he kills. All of the women are petite brunettes, mm-hmm. but this ends up being the only man and he just kills him and doesn't po- um, pose his body. But right. he fights back and Tracy hears um, and she tries to barricade herself, mm-hmm. but he breaks through and he rapes, murders, and murders her. So while this is all happening, because I said this was um, this was inspiration for Scream. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I think that is beyond the stabbing mm-hmm. is the town basically lost their mind. Right. I, in, I mean, understandably. Right. But this was a very, um, this was a very short timeline. Mm-hmm. This was a lot of young people dead in a very brutal way, bodies posed and mutilated and raped. Right. Um, and deadbolt and gun sales skyrocketed. People started sleeping in like mass groups. Mm-hmm. Out of fear, uh, a lot of people dropped out of school because these were all college students. Yeah. Four went to the University of Florida. One went to Santa Fe College. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, there were also rumors. There were a lot of rumors that there were more deaths and the police uh-huh. were hiding them to stop mass panic. So there were also some men who came very close to being scapegoated mm-hmm. for this um, based on um, past mental health issues and you know one particularly just because like his face had scarring on it and he mm-hmm. looked kind of scary um, which is all stuff that tends to happen and is very sad but a lot of students just never came back I read somewhere and I couldn't find a second source M- most of this came from um, articles on Murderpedia like okay. I like forgot Murderpedia existed and then was reminded earlier this week and was like, Oh yeah. God, Murderpedia. Right. Um, but I couldn't find more evidence to this, but one of the articles that I found on Murderpedia, which was talking about the case said that before this Gainesville had been in like the top 20 for places to live. Yeah. And, that. and so this was like a real, just like blindsiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, September 7th. I would like to point out, even if you lived in New York City, this would be crazy. Yes. Like, there's a lot of crime in New York, but it is not like this. Yeah. Um, No, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of crime in New York because there are a lot of people in New York. Um, But yeah, I would lose my damn mind because this shit just doesn't happen that often. And when it does, you have a right to lose your goddamn mind. Oh, totally. Like, and I also would have, like, left school. <laughs> oh, yeah. since I am a brunette. Like, <laughs> I have been, like, bye. Um, but it also happened so quickly mm-hmm. that you didn't, you hadn't even, they hadn't even found the first two victims before the right. third was killed. Mm-hmm. But on September 7th, he was, arre- a man was arrested for a burglary mm-hmm. um, outside of Gainesville in Okala is how I think that's pronounced, and it probably is not. Um, O-C-A-L-A. Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, This man who was arrested was the Gainesville Ripper. His name is Danny Rowling. I Um, love how there was no no fanfare with that. I'm like, this is the guy. We're done here. You know how I I feel about that. that. Mm -hmm. I, I have long felt like I don't want to repeat 
or say the names of killers just in my natural life. I yep. I hate that. I hate the amount of publicity they get, yep. and I especially hate it in this case. And spoiler alert, one of the things he said at his motives is he wanted to become a superstar like Ted Bundy. Um, so I will not be saying his name again. Cool. Um, he was That's also born- my philosophy, by the way. I'll be like, I'll use this guy's name one time, and then it is he for the yes. rest of the time we're talking about this. I'm going to be saying the murderer. Oh, um, nice. I like that. So the murderer was born on May 26, 1954. Just to give you some background, he came from a father who was a police officer and extremely abusive. Okay. Um, and his mother tried to leave his father and it just never took. There was mm-hmm. one note. I found an article that was really bizarre. It was that they interviewed his mother for court TV and in the interview, you could hear his father yelling in the background, oh like God. yelling at her. Like, I'm like, you're on TV, bro. Um, he was born in Louisiana. Um, and he had, in his earlier life, arrests for robbery and for watching women undress, which always is a precursor. Always, like, always, always. Something. Like, I really hope we're past the point where someone looking in on a woman when they're undressing is seen as just like, oh, boys will be boys. Yeah. Because you look at these and it starts somewhere. And that's a lack of consent, a lack of respect, mm-hmm. um, a dehumanizing thing. And especially, especially now, it's not like there aren't outlets for that. The internet exists. Like, there are plenty of people who will do it with consent. Like... Mm-mm. Not okay. So they arrest him for these burglaries and they look at his toolkit and it resembles the tools. It was like a screwdriver and mm-hmm. this knife, this very specific knife, which I wrote down somewhere. Um, and they were like, hey, Gainesville, I think we got your guy. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they went and, and they raided his camp. Like he just had like, he didn't live in a house. He, like, lived in a little area. And he had audio diaries. Mm. And that's the end of that. So. I'm so glad that serial killers have that compulsion to document what they do. It just makes things easier for the police. It really does, though. Like, Uh, also horrified that they do it because people have to listen to that. But thank God at the same time. So he went to trial in 1994. But before the trial could begin, he pled guilty. It was really unexpected, and he got the death penalty. Um, And I found so many. He was put to death on the 25th of October, 2006. Okay. Um, So just to give a little bit of context, this was right after my 16th birthday, and all of this started before I was even born. So he was in jail for, you know. um, And I found so many interesting things because apparently – if you've never focused a lot on the death penalty beyond when mm-hmm. it comes up for people who are believed to be innocent, mm-hmm. it's very interesting the what happens all around a death penalty case, even when you know the person is guilty. Like, there are certain people who they're protesting the death penalty purely on principle, and mm-hmm. so they don't care if the person's guilty of sin. They're just saying we shouldn't kill people. Right. And I'm not really getting into that debate now. It's more that 
this brought out a lot of people. It brought out right. people who were saying that he shouldn't be put to death. And it brought out a lot of people who were just like, yeah. And there were also people who interviewed who said, most of the time, I don't believe in the death penalty, but he mm-hmm. needs to die. Um, all of the families had representatives when he um, was put to death. And a lot of them had stuff to say. And I'm more on that because... I think sometimes in our society we hold up too much of this idea that like a true pure person just, you know, forgives or doesn't have anger in their heart. And I think that's weird and judgmental. Like, Mm -hmm. and so all of these people were just like, yeah, I'm glad he died. It should have been worse for him. He should have had to do what he did to our girls and, um, and Manuel, of course. And I was just like, yeah, I think that's just as valid. I think it's just as valid and it's about you and the idea that like, somehow you're more pure or above it if you're like oh you know I forgive I just don't believe that I think that's a personal choice and Mm -hmm. they were all like good now we can finally move on um and I think that's just as valid of a belief but are you ready for the plot twist yes so there was a triple homicide over a year before these murders took place Mm-hmm. And it was in his hometown before he left it. Mm-hmm. And the police were like, you did this. And he was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But he gave his spiritual advisor a confession to it um, before he died, before he was put to death. So just to talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit, this happened in 1989 in Shreveport. I don't think I ever said the city. Shreveport. Um, Shreveport. Shreveport. Louisiana. November mm-hmm. 4th, 1989. He killed um, a man, his daughter, and his grandson. Oh, God. William Grissom, Julie Grissom, and Shane Grissom. 55, 24, and 8 years old. The okay. reason that they felt like he had done it is because Julie was raped and posed. Gross. So... And uh, the body cleaned, which I had a hard time figuring out if he did that with all of them because Mm -hmm. there was so much different information, but he definitely did for some of them. He cleaned the bodies and then posed them. So that meant that that case was solved and they had some Mm -hmm. proof. He was never charged, but they had some proof. I read, you know, they had some DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, So this case inspired Scream for obvious reasons. One of them being the idea of the small town and what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think you saw some of that when you saw them closing down Mm -hmm. um, all the places for curfew. And I can understand why people were angry. One of the people who was interviewed, they were children when it happened, but they'd come to stand outside while he was executed. Mm -hmm. And it was basically the idea that he destroyed their town. Right. That everything that people had felt that they'd felt safe. And I think that's where a lot of the anger beyond even the, the horrible things that they do to individuals. It's that mm-hmm. people like this tend to take the whole town with them, like right. in a, in a respect at least. Um, so that is the Gainesville Ripper and his eight vi- Eight victims. I don't know why that took me a second. Eight victims that we knew about. They did also make a note that at one point he tried to murder his father. Well. And I was like. I don't care I don't about really that. care about that much. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not as interested. But one thing. And I didn't write down the whole quote. But a mother. 
of one of the victims was saying how he got more decency than he showed his victims Mm -hmm. and more respect even after death with his body than he showed his victims, Um, which is true and very sad. So, all right, what I I think, I think for me, the Gainesville Ripper is a lot scarier than those punks and but i think what's even weirder is that he gave them and scream a a real motive like Mm -hmm. he gave them real motive he really didn't have a motive no like other than being like a superstar he did try to say at one point he had multiple personalities oh i hate that shit but i didn't bring that up in the front because no 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 Um, you don't you have one personality and it's very shitty there were a lot of people who felt like he shouldn't be put to death because of the abuse he suffered that like he Mm-mm. not not an argument that he had you know that he wasn't it was just like a whole thing and i was reading it and i was just like i don't have the power to care about this he's dead yeah. and i don't yeah think- that's real here's the thing i don't care that he's dead no that's not a comment on my opinion on the death penalty it's just i don't care that he's dead no all the serial killers who have been executed i don't care they're dead no. The only good also, argument- I was just gonna say because it, it has to be said, I don't care how abused he was. Most people who are abused do not go on to do shit like yes. that. That yes. is not an argument. If that's if that's still something that needs to be said, I will say mm-hmm. it as well. Just, I'm gonna say it every single time every, that ever comes up. That there are so many people who grow up in abusive homes mm-hmm. and they do not continue that cycle of violence. Nope. And they do not become abusers or murderers. And so the idea that is somehow a given or somehow something Mm -hmm. that is excusable, like that's just not the case. And if you're being abused by someone who was previously abused, it's not okay for them to be treating you a certain way because of the way they like in no way. Um, Okay. So this is the problem with this podcast. We have a lot of fun talking about them and then we always end on such a bummer. We need to find a way. We need to find something. We need to find something to do at the end that is something to to bring it back. Maybe we should hold back one thing about yeah. the movie every time. Maybe Good idea. We'll, we'll think we're, we're going to think on this, guys. We're going to think of a theme, and <laughs> the theme will be okay. In every movie, we think of our we pick our two favorite lines or something, and then we all wait, and then we end on that so that we're ending on something that is not such a damn bummer. We could also end on "Would you survive the movie." We do end on that, but I... Oh, end on would like, survive the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That almost we'll feels think kind about of it. flippant. Like, I yes. don't know. Yes, that's why I'm saying. But, um... Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say the Because the movie is super fun. The, the crime is a super bummer. Exactly. And I think and that's only going to get worse. Yeah, and there's, like, there's never any, like, closure for anything like that. Like, horrible things happen. Deal with it. No, Maybe I that's how we dead. should end it. No. <laughs> They'll bum me out, let alone the audience. I mean, and we kind of have like our lessons from the movie, but mm. I almost don't think that's as much. That's still kind of a bummer. Like trust mm. your, I mean, trust your instincts. And what was our other one? Oh, keep running and keep fighting. Keep running or make sure they're dead. Yeah. That's Depends something. on what your body tells you to do. Your body might say run and that's fine. Just uh, don't stop. Trust your body. Trust your instincts. Um, we kind of already said it, but next week we'll be doing Halloween. 
1978, not not the Rob Zombie. Oh God, do we even have thing. to say that? Um, I yeah. just want to make sure. I don't ever want anyone to think that I've even seen the Rob Zombie remake. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I've I seen haven't the, seen it either, but I've seen the opening scene, and that's how I know it's not worth watching. <laughs> oh, so true. Um, <laughs> But we're going to see that next time. So, you know, stay safe, stay vigilant, trust your instincts, and get screens for your windows. And if someone keeps pressuring you to have sex, even though you've been traumatized, just punch him in the face and never speak to him again. Or even I'm saying him because it's probably a man, right? Or even if they're pressuring you at all, don't let anyone ever pressure you to do that. And don't let them do that sneaky thing where they're not like, it's like he was doing the soft pressure. Like, oh, I don't mean mm-hmm. to pressure you, but everything you did before was pressuring. Don't let them do that either. Don't don't put up with that shit. No, you don't owe anyone sex ever nope. at any time. Nope. Nope. What is the theme of this podcast? What is it we're trying where it's like it's both know. it's advice and horror <laughs> movies. We're just like telling you that. All right. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.